welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Molly. Hi, Esperanza. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm also doing all right. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, Did you do anything fun this weekend? Um, I actually didn't because I... (laughs) I have a friend that's staying with me right now, and then right when she leaves, my parents are coming to visit. Um, so it was like, I knew my whole week was going to be filled with like socializing and no alone time. So this past weekend, I just literally stayed inside and was just like trying to be zen and really just like relax because I knew I would just get, I was going to be so busy this week. What about you? Totally. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say my weekend was necessarily, like, super fun, but I do feel like it was really productive. I got my hair braided, so... Oh, my God, um, yes, I was looking at it. It looks so cute. Yeah, thank I you. I the, got... Is it purple? It's, like, pink and purple. Weaved <gasps> into... Yeah. I, oh, my gosh. I'm really excited about it. Um, I love but, them. Thank you. Thank you. But my head has definitely been hurting a little bit because of that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what else did I do this weekend? I mean, I went to the gym um, and, you know, went crazy at the gym. And then I also started taking Japanese classes with my wife. So, Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so fun. How's it been going? Good, good. Both of us already speak a little bit. Um, I took it in college. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And, and my wife is half Japanese, so she, you know, speaks a little bit too. No way. Yeah, but um, we're going to be seeing her family again soon. And we just like really wanted to be able to talk to them in Japanese. So that's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Like that's, I wish I could speak so many languages. Like that's like my dream, like my dream superpower is just, just to be able to like speak every language. Totally, totally. <laughs> well, this week um, we have Shantae Lundy on the podcast. I'm very excited. She's such a cool person. And I feel like we have supported like black owned businesses before at BBCA and we got some stuff from Black Girl Sunscreen. So I've been dying to like hear from her and meet her. So it was so cool to hear from her. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Shantae was such a unique guest for us. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the conversation that her and Jody had is it had a very different flow from the kinds of conversations that Jody usually has. But I think that's because Shantae is such a unique individual, you know? Yeah, and she, like, really wanted to, like, learn from Jody, And, like, she was asking Jody questions, which I thought was really cool. Totally. It was really fun being behind the scenes. Um, I, I feel like Shantae really kept me on my toes. Um, as a director um, because (laughs) you know I could never tell like when was she gonna speak and like when was she gonna stop and I so like switching between the two of them was like oh my god like this conversation is so dynamic you know (laughs) yeah I loved it yeah so I think we should get into the episode yeah let's do it as we would say in Japanese ikimashio oh my gosh I love that I am so excited to be here for 
our fifth season of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. And that's just me looking down to make sure I actually hit the record button, which I did. So this is our episode featuring Shantae Lundy. She is the creator and founder of Black Girl Sunscreen. Hi, Shantae. Hi, Jody. How are you? Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you for having me. So this is our first time ever meeting. And I told you in the um, the pre-show that my team literally demanded that I get you on this show. So I'm really glad that we could make this happen. Well, thank you, team, for recommending me. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, in the world of where um, my team sits, you're sort of this like skincare celebrity. So I'm wondering if you like meet that vibe and energy in, um, you know, many times a day in your work. <laughs> Do I meet the vibe and energy? Uh I, I think um, it's kind of like once you're around someone, like the energy might come down a little bit. So it doesn't feel like it. But I think at first, maybe they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to interview with you. I'm so excited to be at headquarters. So I think initially, like that's the vibe and energy. But then it kind of like it tapers down like, oh, it's, it's just so and so. Well, I mean, isn't that life, right? When I was younger in my career, I really, and it sounds so ridiculous to say out loud, I really thought CEOs like didn't go to the food store. You know, I just, I just like didn't think that they were ever anything like me. And, you know, now that I like, you know, my friends run businesses, I realize that, yeah, we all go to the food store. We all go to CVS. But, um, you know, there is this sort of like this idea in our heads of like who people are until we meet them. Yeah, this is this is true. I actually don't go to the supermarket though. <laughs> I get everything delivered. Everything. But you order your own food, I guess, right? It depends. <laughs> okay, well maybe you're just like um what I have always imagined in my twenties, right? Like um head of head of a business. Well, do you go into CVS to pick up things ever? I will go into the stores that Black Girl Sunscreen is distributed in. So for example, if we are in Target, Ulta, whatever, I will go see um, the product on display. But in terms of actually shopping, I I, I will throw that, you know, uh, somebody will order it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, then you were everything that I ever imagined, Shantae. But what I, I do <laughs> order, what I do order is my own clothes for the most part. Okay. Well, you know, that's interesting. I'm, we can get on a whole tangent here. I actually don't like shopping for clothes at all. So like I would choose not to do it if I could, but I wish I had a passion for it. I used to have a passion for it. It just faded away. But anyway, let's, 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 let's talk about being an entrepreneur in um, the beauty industry. Um, this is a career journey show. And my favorite thing to do is go back in time, Shantae, and think about like your 10 year old self. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I wanted to be one of three things. Um, the first thing was the president of the United States. The second thing was a violinist. And then the third thing was a race car driver. Um, all three of those things are all very different. But when I think about it, like right now, I think I would be great at all of them. Okay, so um, why race car driving? Oh, I love to drive. Um, I can jump in any car, not even change the mirrors or the seat and feel really comfortable. Um, I have the need for speed, so I like sports cars. Um, I just, I love it. It gives me like a little adrenaline rush and it's fun. I asked because my daughter, who's now 11, I think when she was like nine, she said she wanted to be a race car driver and I didn't know what to make of it. Um, maybe she has a need for speed. I, I don't know. 
<laughs> uh, I was in um, Paris and um, they had like a Lamborghini just kind of like rent me and they take you through this like tunnel and he's like, okay, you can floor it. And I was like, I floored it so hard. He's like, settle down, settle down. But it felt like I was so free. And maybe that's what it is. It's about like, you just get this moment of like, <sighs> like I'm doing it. So. I am so the opposite. I have no need for speed. Like, <laughs> um, I'm wondering, you know, like, um, are you a risk taker? Is that sort of your natural state? My entire life. Okay. So let's talk about that because being on an entrepreneurial journey, like you literally take risks every day. Um, and I walked into my entrepreneurial journey, not a risk taker, not thinking that I'm a risk taker and realizing, oh, I guess I take risks. <laughs> like I just didn't realize it. Um, so uh, when did this like risk taking other than wanting to be a race car driver, how did that show up for you in like, um, in your career? You know, now that I think about it, um, probably when I went off to college, I think it's a risk when you, when you leave your home and you decide like, Hey, I'm, I'm never coming back, which is a different way of living today. Right. Um, where kids that are 17, 18, or even 21 are going back home after college. Um, I did not. After college, I um, drove my car down to, to South Florida, to Miami, and um, I was entering a master's uh, program and looking for a part-time job and an apartment. Um, and that was a risk that I took. Um, I knew I was going to go to school, but I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know how things were going to turn out. Um, I was in corporate America for 13 years down in South Florida, but I transitioned out of my job and um, drove across the country to Los Angeles, where I currently reside. No place to live, no plan. You know, that was another risk. So risks have come up um, throughout my life um, without me even thinking that it was a risk. It was just me making a big decision and then deciding like, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but it, it's always going to work out. And that's my mind frame, that whatever happens, it will work out. Well, that's so interesting. I you know if we were sitting with like a business coach right now, they would say to you, well, Shantae, those weren't risks to you. you, didn't, you it doesn't sound like you even thought that there was um, any um, any counter to, to it working out, right? It doesn't sound like you had self-doubt. Um, did you have self-doubt? No, but I also don't have that much self-doubt, I guess. Right. Because I think that one way or another, it will work out whether it's there's pros and there's pros and cons. Right. Like it might be it might not be favorable, but like the day the day ends and then there's a new day tomorrow. So it, it's a risk in my mind because not everybody is willing to do that. Not everybody will say, hey, I'm not going to I'm going to just drive my car to whatever state and not have a place to live. Like that's a risk for many people. Like it's not really stable mm -hmm. either. Right. Um, n like not knowing like where your money is going to come from. That's that's a risk. Right. You, you know, Shantae, it's so interesting because this um, podcast is like free therapy for me. And I, I really feel like the universe like brings me the gas the day like I need to hear these messages. So I am historically living in self-doubt with like the shadow man following me around, like this shadow of financial insecurity, like, you know, just chasing after me. And um, it is so fascinating for me to talk to somebody who like moved through the world in these very big situations, right? This wasn't like, should I take this class or this class? This is like, let me pick up my life and move um, several times. It's so fascinating for me to hear someone um, talk about moving through the world without that doubt. It's, um, it's almost like you're speaking another language because I just never was able to do that. You know, and Jody, I'm, I'm willing to do it again. 
um, and again and again to get experience in different environments, to get experience to different folks. Um, I will say that um, living here in Los Angeles has, you know, opened up a network of individuals that I didn't really have access to living in South Florida, right? So for me, it's it's always about what's going to elevate my life, um, and and can I do it? Do I want to do it? Um, another risk that I'll take is going on vacation myself. Um, and I know many people that are like, okay, isn't that kind of boring? Aren't you afraid something's going to happen? But for me, I feel at peace. I feel like, hey, I'm on my own timeline. I'm on my own schedule. I, I do what I want to do. And I'm not afraid, but it's a risk because something can happen as a solo traveler. Um, so I don't know. Um, I feel like there are things that I have to muster up the courage for, like even having this conversation. Sometimes, I, you know, you have to pump yourself up. But for these bigger decisions in my life, I've, I feel a little fearless. I'm very inspired. And I like literally, you have no idea how much I needed to hear this message today. Like I had, I had this like imaginary green button in front of me and I needed to, I wanted to press it, right? I wanted to say yes to it right? I want to say yes to this big idea and like moving closer to my dreams. But like all the old stuff was getting on me, right? I was having these kind of like weird dreams and waking up cranky because all this old self-doubt was like filling my headspace and my energy. But my joy was saying, go for it, Jody. Like this is the way to the dream. So I did press the green button, but I had to like, this is a proverbial green button, um, but I had to talk myself into it, right? So it's so magical for me to listen to somebody who moves to the world without that shadow of self-doubt. And, um, you know, of course there's, um, some things go the way you want, some things don't, but it's the, this adventure that's so important, right? This is living. A hundred percent, right? Because we're only here one time. So hopefully we can, most people think you're here one time, right? I think that we're here one time. So how are you going to do it that time that you are here? Are you doing something that's fulfilling? Are you doing something that is giving you joy? And that's how I think about my my daily life. Not even just the impact that I'm having, but my day to day. Am I happy about what I'm doing, who I'm talking to, what I look like? I mean, all of it. Well, let's go back to corporate America on the topic of am I happy? So, um, you know, when you you drove south, you found a job. What was your dream or your goal for that time of your life? Like, what what do you what did you channel in that moment? Um, getting a full time job with benefits, <laughs> and I, it's it's hard, right? Especially if you go into um, you know a, a four year college degree and, and not knowing what you want. My major was elementary education for the first two years, and then I switched to um, business economics. And with business, coming out with a business degree was so broad. So I, I could have really applied for anywhere. And I was running into a wall because I didn't have the experience. I had the education, but I didn't have the hands-on experience. So I just wanted to get on with a company that was going to offer me somewhat of a reasonable salary as well as benefits. And um, I didn't really understand the concept of like work your way up. Um, and that's what this company taught me. It was about pay your dues, work extremely hard, be better than anyone else, sell better than anyone else, provide great customer service like no other, as if you were the customer. And, um, you know, your success will come. Um, and that's how my corporate, um, my corporate has landed a hand to where I am today. Because I think that creating a product like Black Girl Sunscreen is vastly different than operating a business. 
So when you were at this first job, were there people there who were actually mentoring you and coaching you in these skills? Or did you just sort of have to like learn this through osmosis? It was extremely competitive. Um, So you would find some people that were authentic and some people that were low-key kind of fake. Um, And you kind of had to figure out who was legit, but, but really focus on yourself. So in that space, I didn't really have mentorship until I got to a certain level and they became more of my peers than a mentor. And we were kind of riding the wave together. When I had my first job out of college, I was so, um, what's the right word? Um, bratty, I guess, you know, like I thought it was like so much smarter than these people who have been in advertising, you know, 30 years. Right. And they should be listening to me. And, you know, I was like the lowest on the totem pole. I was like making copies of videos, you know, that was like my job. Um, but I like had this like inflated sense of self with the self-doubt. Like I could just imagine what I was like um, <laughs> back then. So, um, you know, moving through life, you know, being a bulldozer, thinking that I know better than everybody else, but secretly being like full of doubt um, and, fe- and you know, really motivated by fear. Um, it's so fascinating for me to hear you talk about like this first job for you in corporate America where you were like looking around you like, you know, I guess positioning yourself for growth and success. Um, did you find a lot of um, young people who were um, able to see what you were seeing and take advantage of it? Um, yes, but it was a question of whether they took advantage or not, right? Because uh-huh. not everyone, some people are okay with where they're at, right? Not everybody is a founder, creator, CEO, or even in middle management, and that's okay with them. So for the ones that understood what it took to get to the top and wanted to make six figures or whatever their goal was, they definitely were were on. Like, listen, I'm not actually going to give you the resource because you're you're my competitor, and you're going to be in that in that in the conversation for for promotion. You know, Shantae, I remember seeing this guy. Um, he'll remain nameless. Who? Um, just had that ambition. Like it was like, you know, you could see it, you could smell it. Like he wanted to be the CEO of this company someday. He was, you know, my age, but like, you know, he's like early twenties, but you can just see it. And I used to watch him because my desk was like near the aisle of the hallway, walk back and forth chasing after like whoever was like the most senior person on his account. And I'd be like, look at him. He's like following around so-and-so. But now I look back, I'm like, of course he was doing that because that was the path right? Like literally walk in their shoes, like follow their steps. And now, of course, he is the CEO of this like global giant corporation, right? He just followed, he literally followed the leader, right? Um, And it's it's fascinating to me to talk to you and like watch someone like him, like they, you figured, they figured it out. He figured it out and you figured it out. And there's so many more people, I think like me, that were just clueless and like stuck in their own head. Um, so I think that, you know, a lot of young people can um, can do this, right? They can say, I want to learn here. I want to take this ambition and do something productive with it. But I have to actually follow a leader. I have to see how they're doing it. I have to learn from them. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that I think of when, when you say that. Um, so I am so grateful for the opportunities that I was given in that corporate space because, again, it's, it's, it's lended me a hand to create this foundation and this structure that I have here at Black Girl Sunscreen, you know, understanding how departments should commingle, should collaborate, understanding what 
even departments should do, um, knowing how to maybe structure a sales team and how to, you know, write goals and implement them. What is company culture? What's not? Um, how to wa watch out for HR issues, right? Um, but at the same time, um, coming out of that corporate space, because I think that corporations, some corporations, big ones, actually try to mold the individual to how they want them to be. Now, here at Black Girl Sunscreen, I have blossomed into Shantae. And I'm not in this space or in four walls where someone is telling me like, hey, you have to wear pantyhose with your skirt because this is how our company, this is our dress code, and then this is how we want you to be perceived. It's professional. Hey, you have to use this vernacular because um, this is how our company, um, this is how we speak, and this is how we want you to be viewed. Um, so transitioning out has allowed me to really step into my own. I think it's great to have people to look up to, but still remain yourself. Yes. I mean, as that's... um such an important point. My whole entrepreneurial journey has been because I wanted to be me, right? And I don't even know like the full extent of who I was back then. It's been 15 years of running my own business. So 15 years ago, I just wanted to actually like have a job where I could be the mom I wanted to be because I wasn't seeing that around me. Um, now I'm like, I'm weird, you know, and like <laughs> that's okay. And my um, the culture of my business um, invites that in and nurtures it in other people, and it creates great ROI for our clients. So like it's wonderful. But like I couldn't actually be me um, if I like followed what every other agency owner was doing 15 years ago, which was all about you know in my like interpretation of it, like having fancy furniture. Like that's how that's how I summarize it. If you were a cool agency, you had fancy furniture in in the lobby and in, you know in the offices. Um, and I couldn't afford fancy furniture, so I was at a WeWork, right? And that's like the best I could do. That was a big deal, you know, back then. Um, so, but now I make like you know I used to say, well, we're not cool, right? Like my agency, like we're we're weird, we're not cool. And now I feel like we made our own coolness. So I, I really want to understand what is weird to you. Like, what does that mean? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, like, growing up in this industry in New York, it was all about, like, the fancy photographers and fashion and, like, um, a lot of BS, like, plenty of BS, and um, spending clients' money frivolous, frivolously and um, wearing certain labels of clothes and, like, things that I just wasn't interested in and the fancy furniture. So that was cool. And weird is me being um, very vulnerable. Like, I'm a like I love being vulnerable. I feel like the most, my, the most myself when I'm being, like, truly honest with the world, even if it's um, not a favorable theme, you know? Um, you know, talking about the fear of financial insecurity, which is, like, so real for entrepreneurs, but I feel like people really don't want to talk about it, but it's, like, the worst feeling. You know, being vulnerable about um, how hard it is to, like, you know, reach your goals and your dreams and, like, the crying, you know, like, that I've had and all that stuff. So that is really actually weird in my, in this, like, agency world that I grew up in. Um, but it's served me well now that I actually embrace it. Got it. Yeah, I don't think you're weird. <sighs> I think it's pretty um, normal. <laughs> well, maybe now it's normal, but like, you know, if um, 
I think a lot of these like old rules, thankfully, um, this entrepreneurial, like big, the big entrepreneurial push that's happened in the past 10 years in our industry has so, changed so much, right? Like it, I used to go to these events in our industry and I was like the outsider and there was uh, the, you know, the click from this corporation, the click from that corporation, right? And I like didn't, I never worked at these big companies. I didn't have friends in those companies. I literally would stand by myself at these events and look and see like, how can I introduce myself to somebody when they're all in? a click. Like you can't, you actually like, I've Googled this. You can't go to an event and like enter a a group of like six or eight people and introduce yourself. It's like not possible. You have to look for the other person standing alone. Like, and that's what I did. And I had to like work up the courage to do it. Literally take a deep breath before I walked into these rooms and say like, I have to go find someone who's alone. And I would just go up to them and introduce myself. But it had like, I would have like tingles in my arms because it's so nerve wracking. Right. Um, so that's another like reason why I felt, I guess, weird. Right. I wasn't part of like the culture of the industry. I asked myself this question daily. Does it move the needle to have to be invited to certain events and to be friends with certain people? Or do I keep my head down, work and accomplish my goals? Does that make me weird? I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> I don't think it makes you weird, but it, it's saying like I'm I'm not willing to just play the game for the sake of playing the game, right? Because that's what happens, right? Like I have to, you know, people go to be seen, you know, like literally, like people buy tickets to these really expensive events to, just to be there, like just to have a physical presence so people can say so and so is there, like there. And for some people, I guess like if you're in sales, like you know, th- there probably is a value to that. You, you like you have to stay top of mind. In other places, it might not be relevant. But um, there is a game that's like literally being rewritten, you know, and then maybe it's going to be like a lot of different games. There used to be only one, right? Like when I was, you know, 20, there was one game in this industry. Um, And maybe by you saying like, well, no, I'm actually going to curate and edit like how I spend my time to what's going to serve me best. um, Then you're writing the rules of some a a new game. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be looking towards you saying, I, I want to do it that way because this way isn't serving me. You know, I actually used to say to my business coach, he'd like, go and network. I'm like, I just want to go home and put my PJs on and watch The Real Housewives. Like, this is all I want to be doing. Right? So I found a way to do this and still watch The Real Housewives in my PJs. <laughs> That's great. You know, I just think about the way that, I, I guess, suits me. Right. And, and then the business, the livelihood of the 16 individuals that are passionate about black girl sunscreen. That's the best way for me. I love that. Well, let's talk about I want to hear about your breakaway from corporate America. Right. Because you told me you got back in the car and you drove to L.A. What was like that moment or that period in time where you said, like, I'm ready for something new? Um, where, where I felt like when I felt like I was just tapped out. Um, in in that space. And you get that feeling. Sometimes you can kind of, you know, march through it. And then sometimes it's it's just like, okay, like today's the last day. And I had my last day and I was in my um, loft apartment. And I said, okay, so what's next? And it's time to go to Los Angeles. I packed my car and um, put my bulldog in the front seat and took three days to get to the West Coast. Um, Stayed with a friend for two weeks and found an apartment. And I gave myself only the two weeks to stay with her because I didn't want to feel like I was a burden. And um, it was important that I, you know, stayed on the path of this is what I need to do. And um, that was the moment where I felt like, all right, it's L.A., 
there's nothing else that can be done here in South Florida. Um, and I just wanted to feel free. I wanted to get off of this stu structured schedule, right? Going from kindergarten to, to grad school, you know, 18 years of um, school, and then another 12 years in the corporate space. It was all of my life that I knew that was answering to someone and to being on an early ass schedule from like 6 a.m. till 10 o'clock at night. I was in extracurriculum activities in um, high school and college. You know, in the corporate space, I sat on different organizations um, and it always took up more than the normal coursework. So for me to go come to the West Coast, it just felt invigorating. I had no job. I had no plan. I just did yoga and hiked every day for four months. <laughs> it sounds like a dream. I'm curious, did you ever have that like um, shadow of financial insecurity following you during that time period? No, because I knew that I would have to enter the workforce again. Um, but it does feel good just to kind of do nothing and to dream. And, you know, I, I say dream because a dream in my mind doesn't always come true. It's okay for it just to be idle and just to be a thought, right? And that's what I was doing during those four months. And during the four months, I came up with Black Girl Sunscreen, but actually implemented it. So that's no longer a dream to me, right? But that time off gave me the ability to even think of something, right? Because when I was caught up in, in corporate and in this rat race, I didn't have the capacity to think outside of my day to day. So I am so thankful for just that time frame of the transition because without it, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, that's why um, we all need to take breaks. Like we have to, right? Where our bodies and our brains, our hearts need a break and then we can be more creative, right? And inspired. Yeah, but I, my break was, it w didn't have a timeline. When we go on mm -hmm. vacation, you know, it's kind of like, okay, five days, seven days, 10 days, whatever. There's always a time where we have to come back and we're going to get back into our, our groove of things. My break was, I didn't necessarily have a timeline. I knew eventually, but when was that eventually? And I think that's what really allowed me to, to, to think creatively because I didn't feel pressed, pressed or rushed to meet a timeline or, oh my gosh, I got to get this thought out because I go back to work on Monday. Yeah, I'm actually going on vacation on Friday. And that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna leave on Friday. I come back on Monday, right? So there's a yeah, this clock ticking, right? Like I wanna I wanna jam in as much fun um and silliness as possible, right? Before I'm back in this in this seat again. Um I wanna switch gears a little bit because in our pre-show, um, you told me that CEO is a big, a big it says you said big for me, right? You choose not to have that title. I'm curious why. Oh. Um, cause I, I, I'm a fun person, I think. And I, and I like the words creator and founder and CEO. This would, the word, the word CEO, this is what it reminds me of. And this is no, this is no, um, shade to you or don't feel attacked. Okay. CEO reminds me of this, this pose right here. You, you know, you know how when people take that pose and their, their arms are crossed. Right. And that's so not me. Um, you know, I feel like I'm pretty approachable. I'm, I'm really silly. Um, and I, th I think I, I think I'm not as like 
I don't look like your typical CEO. And that's the cool part about who we are today. Um, we recently got a trademark, Black Girl Sunscreen, um, our business name. And it was a big deal because um, we were supposed to get it in five years. We got it into our name is descriptive, wow. right? And um, the post went viral. It got, um, it's at like 149,000 likes on uh, Shantae's personal page, which I have about, I don't know, 12,000 followers. So it's reached 9 million accounts. And my team and I, we were really analyzing this post because we wanted to understand the mechanics behind it. Why did it go viral? What What's going on? And what we came up with was, okay, Shantae, you have maybe these long nails, you got on your kind of cool sunglasses, you got this big hair and your tongue is out, you're making a silly face, and you just don't look like the typical CEO, right? And um, when they said that, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm that, but it just doesn't work for me. So I say that CEO is big because I don't see myself as a CEO. I see myself as this founder and this creator of this product that is now running a business. Okay. So this <laughs> it's like incredible that we're talking today. Um, I actually used to not use CEO. Um for the same reasons I was founder and creative director. I'm like, that's who I am. In my soul, I'm just like creative and I'm, you know, out in outer space thinking of ideas. But then my COO said, no, I need you to be the CEO. So it's fine. Whatever. Whatever she wants. Whatever Lini wants, Lini gets. So, okay. My last question for you before we move on to what we call our snack break. Um, this idea of growing um, a business, for me, the best way to describe it is a seduction. Like, I love my work. I love, you know, growing these ideas and seeing my dreams come true. But once I get a little taste for that success or what I just define as success, I want more, like sugar. Like I need more and more and more. Um, so it's seductive. And this seduction is part great because it means I love my job, right? If I didn't love my job, I certainly would not be seduced by it. Um, but then, you know, there's other things that I like to do in my time. And when you're kind of, you know, really in that seduction, you can kind of lose sight of these other things. So I'm just curious if that word resonates for you at all in your own entrepreneurial journey, and if it does, um, how you manage that seduction. Well, I'm completely seduced and I'm filled with lust because I spend all of my time with Black Girl Sunscreen, um, massaging it, growing it, <laughs> And telling it um, little um, secrets day in and day out. So I love that you introduced the word seduction because I never, ever thought about it that way at all. I felt like I was consumed. But now my voice has even changed because I'm like, ooh, you know what? Don't judge me if, if I really love what I'm doing and I feel fulfilled. I feel like I can actually leave this planet today and feel accomplished. That's how seduced I am by Black Girl Sunscreen. I love your interpretation of this. And um, I'm so grateful that we work in businesses where we, you know, there's so much joy in the everyday that like the seduction is, you know, uh, warranted and wanted, right? Like imagine, I mean, we've both been there. We're having jobs where we didn't feel fulfilled and didn't feel joy that I was not seduced by those jobs. No, um, this is sexy too. I mean, don't you want to feel sexy? Doesn't everyone want to feel attractive? And, you know, it, 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 for me, the best part of this is being able to 
give a livelihood to, to, to people, right, um, that are here in the community that believe in what we're doing. Um, you know, seeing something grow like corporate culture, our um, environment is also very important. Helping people grow within their personal space, even if they're here for a short time, Black Girls Sunscreen making impact on their lives and, and then making an impact on Black Girls Sunscreen. Um, I love everything about it. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to do this at the level that I'm doing it at. Um, the question is, will I tap out? Eventually, right? But right now I'm going, you know, my need for speed is 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 here. Oh, I love it how you just brought this so full circle. Well, that actually concludes our podcast portion of our show. So I want to thank you so much, Shante, for sharing your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you, Jody. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Please subscribe to our series on your favorite podcast app. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at where brains meet beauty podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.